Uh, well, one of the highlights, <laughs> there were a lot of highlights during this trip to Israel, as, as, as all of you know, Baruch Hashem. We got to share a lot of amazing things. Uh, but one of the highlights of the highlights um, was having the uh, amazing Rabbi and Rebetzin of, of Efrat, Bina and Reb Shlomo Katz, uh, at the Yoshua and Tamima's wedding. And we had the opportunity to celebrate and... Uh, Shlomo um, opened up the chuppah. It was just, it was incredible and wonderful. And um, we saw each other at a time of great joy. And as many of you know, uh, during the time of our visit there, and it's always so much more poignant when you're there in Israel when things like this occur, uh, again, the enemy took away some of our best and brightest uh, in a horrific terror attack that claimed three members of the D family. And, uh, of course, they're from Efrat, and obviously uh, the pain that the uh, collective Jewish heart felt around the world was felt even greater in the city of Efrat over the last uh, couple of weeks. That's, that's quite obvious. Our dear friend Rabbi Shlomo Katz is with us live via telephone to talk about all of this and the challenges of, um, of life in Israel and elsewhere in 2023. Reb Shlomo, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. I miss you already. <laughs> I really do. I appreciate that very much. I hope we do reunite very quickly, to say the least, but I certainly always feel connected to you, I can tell you that much. Um, so we always talk about the collective Jewish heart and the pain, and you get, you get it, you know it, that you know the collective Jewish heart around the world always suffers and is in agony when things like this happen. But uh, you have been, and, and by you I mean the people of Ephrat and people in certain communities in Israel, have been through this way too many times. Um, and, and sometimes the timing is just so baffling. The, the simcha, joy, togetherness, family of Chag Pesach, and at the same time, a member of our family, members, I should say, because obviously the D family is uh, is many people, Baruch Hashem, um, you know, going through all this and, you know, having a much different Chag and obviously a much different post-Chag. Can you put this into words? Can you tell us how those who are close to families like this who are going through this um, can maneuver through a period of time like this? I'm trying to speak, first of all, as a personal experience. Like, what, how do I answer that personally? Because, as you mentioned, this is this is right in our community. The these are our neighbors. My girls went to a summer camp that Lucy and her daughters ran for many years. Wow. I went to Ishibata Mista. I learned for Smicha with Leo about 19 years ago. Um, everyone always says there are, there are no words and the, the funny thing is that the, the funny thing is but the, the interesting thing is that the one that had words all week was Leo I don't know if you see I'm sure you've seen some footage coming yeah, out of that and, and and that's remarkable and his words frankly were remarkable remarkable they're what, it's, what did he call it I think he called it like uh, chutzpah equity Right. There was some kind of reference, like when you're sitting shipped up with such a national 
personal, but what's become a national tragedy, there was a lot of words of very, very powerful emas coming out of his mouth. An example of it was just yesterday morning. I was there with Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg and Rabbi Shai Shachter, who flew into Peshivako and uh, did so, so beautifully. And Ben Gvir and Smutrich came in at the same time. <laughs> and when Leo was finished challenging Rabbi Shai uh, and Rabbi Ephraim, he went right on to to Ben-Gvir and to Smutrich. It's not Tochecha that he's saying. He's speaking about a place that need that needs something, needs to change. Something needs to open up here. And there's, uh, there's something coming out of him that each person in our community has been receiving tremendous chizuk directly from him. So it's been one of the one of the most uh, strangest experiences for the ones that are are here. But the pain is, people ask me how's Pesach. I don't remember Pesach. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember I remember going to Levi. I remember sitting with Rabbi Riskin in the Kohen booth throughout Pesach. Right. That's what I remember. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. You talk about the platform and, and you know, paying a shiva call and you are strengthened more than, you know, you feel you're being more strengthened than, than the strength you're trying to give that the person who's uh, sitting shiva. I mean, that, that we've heard from so many people so many times, but in this case, it seems so exceptional. And you talk about the platform, and, and I think what you're alluding to when you talk about Smutrich and Ben Gvir is that I, I don't know if everybody in the room agreed on everything. And as you said, the rabbi used the opportunity to, to voice his opinion, you know, not a criticism, just just letting everyone <laughs> letting everyone in on, on what you're referring to. But beyond that, the platform for unity, the country has been, and again, I'm not criticizing either side at the moment or any of the multiple sides. The country's been in such a sensitive situation for months, and he uses the platform of his daughter's funeral and subsequently his wife's funeral to talk about how this needs to be a unifying moment and that we must increase the brotherhood. That takes a, that takes a tremendous amount of, of, of courage and a tremendous amount of, of strength to be able to do that. We stood there at the funeral, shocked, shocked in horror to the disbelief of what our eyes were seeing, but just as much shock as to what our ears were hearing. We couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. We we, we thought it, it. It feels like it's like living in like uh, times of like biblical proportion, where there's. I'm not saying he's a navi. He's a broken yid that's tuned into something very deep. Right. But this is something else we're not used to. This is not, you know, when Ari, Shemi Kondomo, was murdered, the Shiva was so short because it was Erev Yom Kippur. It was like a day and a half of Shiva, I think. There were thousands that came through the lines there. Here, by the Deez, since the Shiva only began after Pesach, after Yantiv. So they're really in a state of mourning for about 10, 11 days. Tens. I'm not dramatizing tens of thousands of Amisel that don't look anything like each other have walked through the Deeds home. When I was, one of the times I was there, there were bereaved families from all over the country that came to open their hearts. People from the Golan, from Be'er Sheva, every type of Jew, not only Jews, 
non-Jewish residents that live in the in, in Eretz Yisrael as well. And we and it, you're right, Nachum. This is the opposite of what you know what 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 was being felt for a few months prior. Yeah. So many people listening right now can't even fathom what you just said. Those of us who've had the ability, thank God, to spend some time in Israel and with people and communities like yours at least get what you just said, that literally, you know, those who traditionally, you know, we think we can't live with or those who traditionally we think are, God forbid, the enemy are are among those who are consoling you know, this family are among those who are, you know, feeling a, a kinship, a brotherhood, so to speak. And excuse me if I'm using too strong a word, but you know what I mean to a family, yeah. to a family like this. There's also one other thing, which I don't know if you can verbalize. I always say this. You've probably heard me say this tens of times. It's always our, it always seems like our best and brightest. And I have this mantra that I've, I've said so often over the years, sometimes, and I, I've been criticized sometimes for it, that the tochen, I always use the word tochen, the tochen, the, 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 um, the, um, the, what's available to, to, to a Jew living in Israel is so much more than what's available to us living in diaspora. And you don't realize it or see it till, till you visit and start getting into it. Uh, and you realize just how much more token this is in every aspect. And again, not critical of our educational institutions here. They're great. And there are a lot of wonderful people teaching our kids. But it's so much more when you are when you grow up there and when you experience all of this. So, so when I say that the enemy always seems to take our best and brightest, I, I guess the, the theory is or the reality is that when one is living there in communities like yours, it's going to be very hard not to become among the Jewish people's best and brightest. Do you understand what I mean? I think that you're opening up the gate for something that you may want, you may regret. (laughs) (laughs) It always seems that every time a family is going through something like this in Israel, it is a top-notch incredibly devoted to the community family. And and you, you cannot deny in this case that I am right. You know these people very well, and they seem to just be, you know, A1 people in the community. That's correct. How, however, the avoda of, of what you just said is living with the consciousness that you open your eyes here, especially with my here in Ephra, and we know that also the Chaim that we're living amongst our Mamish A1. Yeah, exactly. We really do. And, 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 and this week, what we felt here in, Ifra, in the greater community of Ephra, not just my shul, but the greater context, the greater community, um, was just a, a, a painful way of a, of a reminder of the gift that we have to not be living in our backyard, but be living in our home. Eretz Yisrael. It it has to be frightening when you think that, you know, this this could have been anybody. And I know that we could say this about any episode that, you know, there was a garage collapse yesterday in Manhattan. So, you know, anybody could have been in that garage. And obviously we know that. And the one above is, you know, has Hashkacha, is, you know, is watching over us all the time and decides what our fate's going to be no matter where we are. So I get that. But but still, it, there, has to be, there has to be some type of, uh, I don't want to say fright, 
but but it has to put people on edge knowing that you know around the corner and in this case that might be a really accurate way of saying it because of the way that the enemy uh, attacked the car that around the corner you know danger like this could be lurking it has to be it has to weigh on people it both weighs on people and at the same token it also empowers us that we're living the most meaningful life the empowerment of life there wasn't one voice that has come out of this and said you know what dangers around the corner i gotta get out of here right it's um it's the exact contrary but i i i've been saying a statement and forgive me for being so blunt but meaning it's impossible for uh, when we say czar i don't mean a stranger i just mean someone that's not here can't you just can't understand it with all the footage that may be coming out of here and i know there are cameras in that shiva house and, and non-stop you just can't, you can't understand it. You can't experience, you can't live it. You can't breathe that this notion of empowerment that comes together with everything else, unless, unless you're here. And our, I'm just you know, using this moment to echo Leo's words, that what an amazing time we're living in, that one Jewish family that decides to come home is changing the reality. Every Jewish family that chooses to come back home is changing. That you're changing the whole picture, changing everything. So, on behalf of our community here in Efrat, our arms have never been more wide open. I don't know any Jew that ever made Aliyah because they were guilted into making Aliyah. And if they do come because of that, it's probably not a good experience. <laughs> and that's not the point. The point is that to get through this to get through this time together has to be together, and the way to do that together is by physically being together. I don't know. I always thought that uh, whenever someone gave me credit for or partial credit for their aliyah, I always thought because I did guilt them into it. But I <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe there was an inspiration piece that uh, that helped things along. So so. When American Jewish leadership then comes, and as you just mentioned, you know, you got to be al hamakom, you got to be there to really get it. What do your congregants say? What what does the crowd in the videos that we see of you sitting with American rabbis? What are they saying? Are they are they being critical because American Jewish leadership does not get what they're going through? You'll, you'll always have those, but that's their natural way of, of expressing their, their opinions in other areas in life as well. And it comes out like this as well, of course, but the vast majority is the, the words that are coming out are Anachnu Achim Ki Mechakim Anachnu Lach. We're waiting for you because we need each other. And it's only love. That's my, that's my approach. I try to instill that within my congregants and my chevra. Anytime I open my mouth about these inyanim, the fact that we were privileged, had the schus to listen to the calling of Lech Lecha, was a matna schinam, it was a gift from a, just a total gift. And we have to daven that everyone not only hears that gift, he has that gift of hearing those words, but that we do everything that we can 
to encourage, empower everyone to come back home. Because it's, let's face it, it's only going more in this direction that it's not just a luxury to come home. It's a must. Yeah. Uh, were the surviving daughters, the surviving children, I should say, in the D family, were they on the same page as their father over the last few days? Were they, were they more inconsolable? Uh, obviously, their loss is different. I mean, everybody lost three family members, but um, a mother's a mother. Sisters are sisters. It's a different experience than what their father's going through. How would you describe it? It's, it seems, yeah, it, it looked like, you know, from what we could what we could see from the outside, that it's a different experience. Like you said, like you know, Ima's an Ima. Yeah. And the funerals, the funerals were very different. The funerals for the sisters, for the two daughters, were very very different than the funeral that we went back to two days later for the mother. Different nature of, of emotions and expression of emotions. Um, these girls and the son, there's three of them. Um, they were in most of the time it was just because there were so many people, like I was saying before, and mm-hmm. every dignitary, even uh, the, the chief rabbi's president, prime minister, BB Mamish parked his chopper in my backyard, literally. <laughs> uh, like, I'll send you the footage. Like, it was just a different week here, and they were all here, everyone was here. But the kids, more than meeting these big people, they needed their friends. These are teenagers, yeah. These are teenagers, so their friends. Oh boy, were their friends bad! Oh I my can gosh! Only imagine. I saw the footage oh of. Uh, I saw the footage of the people that were on the streets of Efrat just showing support in that way. I can imagine how their friends were there for them. How many times did it cross your mind that uh, God arranged things for their mother to be around an extra couple of days? It must have. It must have struck you the whole timing and the way this whole thing worked out. All day long, that's what we were thinking about. Yeah. All day long. Yeah, all day long. It's still it's still very much in the air. Um, I think Shiva, I always say Shiva begins on the eighth day. Right. Real Shiva begins on the eighth day. And uh, now is a different parsha. I, I just literally, a minute before we got on the air, I was driving to the, the shul. I have to pass by the Deeves to get to, to the shul. And they were packing up. The, the municipality came with the truck and packed up the chairs that they provided for the Shiva and the tent. One of the most surreal moments I ever saw, I thought that the Shiva was hitting hard. That moment of seeing those chairs being packed up right now really struck a chord that I'm really trying to internalize and, and give all the koach in the world to this precious family. That as much koach as they've been giving each and every one of us, I can't even imagine how much koach is now needed to continue. To tell you how amazing this community is, Sometimes when Shiva happens, there's meals that are set up for a week, obviously during Shiva. Sometimes Shloshim, the women in the community have set up a meal train for a whole year. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Not to be outdone by anybody. Wow. (laughs) That's great. Oh my gosh. Oh, is that something? A year. That is that says it all. To talk about talk about putting your money where your mouth is. We're gonna be there for you, and that's just I mean that that practically and symbolically that's so amazing, so absolutely a amazing. Year. Yeah, just incredible. Yeah. Shlomo, we should uh, we should reconvene on good occasions. That's for sure. 
I, I could not let oh, this. Man. I couldn't let this period of time go by. And we've been talking about, it, as you can imagine, constantly. And especially, we always emphasize that. Thank God, the collective, you know, global Jewish heart is in pain when things like this happen. But we had to get your perspective of being there on the spot, being friendly with the family for years, and just you know trying to help us uh, understand what they're going through and what the community has been going through. And I appreciate it very much. Always. Always. It's an honor to always schmooze with you, whether it's in public like this or even one-on-one, as you know. We're all in this together. And it was so amazing to celebrate with you, and I thank you for that, and I thank your wife as well, and our best to your entire family. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Nachum, we had a moment on the dance floor. I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Good stuff. But uh, you got some moves, Nachum. Uh, yeah, right. Halavai <laughs> 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 at the, the next one, please, God. Amen. Hey, has anybody has anybody tell you that the Lakers made the playoffs, or you've been ignoring that whole situation? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, in order to get a little bit of just like you know, just breathing room in my mind, I like I, the other night I forced myself to check just to just to clear, just manage to clear my mind. Yeah, don't get too invested in it. I don't think they're going to go too far, but we don't have to argue about that now. No, Reb Shlomo Todaraba, no, 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 no. and best regards to everybody. Love you, Nachum. Yeah, same same here, my man. Same here. Love you very, very much. Shlomo Katz on a very important Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Ya 
Pretty powerful selection after that conversation with Shlomo Katz, wouldn't you say? Adam Yesodo, words from the uh, High Holidays Service. As we were discussing some pretty sensitive and um, and inspiring uh, topics with Shlomo Katz, I thank him very, very much.